This episode is brought to you by Boo Year. Bibbity, bobbity, boo, bitch. Be me. How can I love somebody else if I can't love myself enough to know when it's time, when it's time to let go? I said, all I really want is to be happy, to find a love that's mine. It would be so sweet. All I really want is to be happy, to find a love that's mine. It would be so sweet. All right, that was... Be happy, Mary J. Blige. I figured it would be a good way to start the new year because isn't that the way we should want to start the new year? Let's try to be happy. It's not always easy, but I think we can set our intentions and and plan for that. And if I sound a little woo-woo, it's because I've been traveling a lot. I swam with dolphins. Before that, I went to L.A. and bought some crystals. I am not fully sure what to do with them yet. I rub them on myself, and I feel like... I did something. So there. I don't care what anyone has to say about it. I'm making a ritual and I'm sticking to it. So before I launch straight into rubbing things on my body, welcome back to Cake and Kombucha. It is episode seven. That means I've been doing this for seven times and I'm so glad you're here. This kooky little show started right before the new year kind of so into holiday season so I've been recording different places I've been on location I've been doing international travel and still coming back and getting the show out to you and I thank you so much for sticking with it for those of you who are new listeners Cake and Kombucha is a place where you get to hear one wacky actress talk about politics news reality tv things that are going across her mind and I've already brought a couple interesting guests along the way and there's going to be more to come. So launching right into where I've been for the holidays. I hope you guys all had a fantastic holiday. For my Christmas, I went to the farthest place away from America I've ever been to the island of Mauritius, which is on the southern coast of Africa. Um, next to close to Madagascar. Uh, My brother-in-law, my little sister, is married to a guy who's from there. It's a really weird story of how they actually met. My older sister was doing research there on a Fulbright scholarship, and my brother-in-law was her research assistant, and this was like 10 years ago or so. Then they went on vacation to Turkey to link up with him when he was in grad school or in uh, Germany. They didn't invite me. They didn't even ask. I, I mean, I'm a poor actress and <laughs> at the time. And um, my little sister met him, Dorian, and they fell in love and got married. So everything came full circle. So anyway, the whole family went down there. Uh, we flew first to Dubai, which is the layover, where we had a 24-hour layover. Super cool. Got a chance to wear my caftans. I love a caftan, and my family makes fun of me. I have one that has a big, like, African statue face um, that my mom kind of thought was for wearing around the house, but I defy that, and I will continue to defy that. Um, 
It was really cool. Like, I've never seen... Dubai is kind of like a adult Disney world. Like, everything looks brand new. Like, it's... There's nothing, like, actually, like, ancient that I saw or, like, old. It was as all, like, here's a bazaar that's made to look the way bazaars used to look. Or here's a souk made to look the way souks used to look. And they have this giant Atlantis, um, which is a water park, theme park, playground I've been I've been to the one in the Bahamas and this one looked like Atlantis meets Aladdin it was crazy um so we just basically were we were so exhausted that we took the hop on hop off like bus tour got to just look around the city and um sure enough as happens to me everywhere I go I can't remember how many times I've brought this up on on this show but People in every country that I go to, strangers always talk to me. So, of course, I met someone in the bathroom this time. She starts speaking to me in Arabic. I'm like, no, no, say, lo siento. And she she was like, are you Nigerian? And I was like, um, well, yeah, but like not in the way that I think you're asking. Like, I'm visiting from America. And she's like, here, you look like... You look just like the lady that does my nails and here in your smile, like and, and motion to the bottom of my face. She's like here in your chin, like area here. I could tell you're Nigerian. And I was like, that's deep because you're like, you're not wrong. But wow. And the weird thing was this lady looked just like my cousin. I have a cousin in my marriage who's Lebanese and Nigerian. And she looked just like her. Like she smiled. I haven't even told Miriam. Like she looked, the, my, Miriam is her, my cousin's sister. They're both my cousins. She looked just like Zena. And so I was like, oh, are you Lebanese? Cause you actually look like my family member. And she said, oh, no, I'm from Syria. And I was like, wow, this is so interesting. But, um, we went to the Dubai mall, which is huge. And it's the biggest, I can't even describe what this mall is like. There's, there's so many stores. There's it's 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 I think it was one of the biggest malls in the world. And I mean, the kind of wealth and opulence that goes on is just <sighs> one can only dream anyway. So Mauritius, uh, when we finally got to Mauritius. It is a beautiful, very interesting, very fascinating island. It's stunning. It looks like paradise. We had um, a, a like Airbnb that was right next to the beach. There are monkeys outside. There's tamarind trees and pomegranate trees. Like, guys, I didn't even know some of this stuff grew on trees. Like, I saw pomegranates hanging off the tree at my brother-in-law's home where he grew up, and I'm like, wow, that's just a pomegranate on a tree. I'm used to getting the seeds in a little, like, Tupperware container separately for $5 at Trader Joe's. Like, I've, I've done that once. I, it's, I can't. I don't really actually spend the money on that anymore. But, yeah, I was like, yo, we could just pick stuff off. We, we cut coconuts off the tree and drink coconut milk. I mean, coconut water straight out the coconut. So little things like that that are like a treat for an American. Um, but the island is a very interesting history. It's 60% Indian. Um, and then there is a 30% like Creole population, which are the descendants of slaves. And we don't even, they're not really sure what, where in Africa the black people came from. And a lot of people didn't even have, don't even have an awareness that they were descended from slaves. It was kind of just like, we are Mauritian, which I think is an interesting thing that happens with a lot of islands. Um, 
just a lot of places other than America, actually, the black population gets to claim their, uh, you know, their, their national identity as their identity. And I'm not saying it's a good thing to not like recognize that deeper heritage, because oftentimes what you see is there's a lot of iniquity that goes on financially that's linked to race and skin color, but they just kind of call us something else and everyone acts like it's a coincidence. Like look at Brazil or a lot of South American countries that are like, no, we don't, we don't have discrimination. But there's still something cool about growing up, not feeling as much of an other. It's just a different mentality. If you get what I'm saying, but it's not there. there, There are economic disparities between the Indian population and the Creole or black population, if you want to call it. But it's there's just an interesting mentality you can have when you feel like, oh, I'm from here. I belong here. Like, this is what I'm supposed to be. Um, but anyway, the food was amazing. It was Indian and Chinese fusion. There's a lot of Chinese immigrants as well with kind of like West African stewish influences and or what kind of seems more Caribbean really really good oh I'm just like things are gonna seem so 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 one-dimensional now that I'm back my spice palette has just exploded um but yeah that was cool and one of the highlights of my trip I would have to say if you don't know how much I love water and everything related to that the logo um for the show and the podcast is a mermaid um that I drew and I love dolphins. Love, love, love. We swam with wild dolphins. I'm ashamed to say in the past I did experiences with dolphins in an enclosure. And if you do research and learn about just how horrible it is for animals, to for dolphins to be in that situation, I'll never do that again. But this time we got on this boat, y'all. It was bouncing up in the water, going so fast. Go out into the middle of the ocean And then the guys are like, you just see these dolphins are just there. They're just, they're there. Like families of them. You can see their dorsal fins up above the water. And then the dudes running the boat are just like, okay, here, jump off. Like they try to like go get you in front of the direction the dolphins are going in. So you can, so you can like have them see them as they go by you and you just dive in. I was shooketh. I I mean, I was like maybe like less than a foot away from these beautiful, amazing creatures and they're swimming like in unison and they turn the same way. There was a little baby, like the baby's like a size of like a little bowling pin swimming on the mother's, like underneath the mother's tail. And then one of them tried to play with me. Oh my God, it was so beautiful. Really, one of them tried to play with me. So they're all like diving down. They they dive down and then they come back up because they have to breathe. That's what they do. And one of them came, swam right underneath me, rolled over on its like over on it, so its tummy was exposed and just like kind of like sighed at me like. I was like saying, "What up, girl? What you doing here?" And I was like, "Um." No, but for real, I really did hear them echolocating. So that is, oh, that's just like, really was a peak experience. Um, but it was beautiful. I got to meet my brother-in-law's family. They were such amazing hosts. I am walking around my apartment in a sarong. I decided I'm just not going to, I'm just going to bring the beach with me wherever I go. And I got really bad sunburn. So lest anyone tell you that black people can't get sunburn. 
they're lying. Put your sunblock on, everybody, because I tried it. I really tried it. Um, and my skin is, like, not not liking me right now. Okay, we have a kind of mixed bag assortment of stories today. I think I'm keeping it mostly kind of light. Not going to get too deep in things. I just saw a couple wacky things um, and I wanted to share. So this government shutdown thing that Trump is doing because uh, the Democrats don't want to fund the border wall. That's how it's being phrased. I actually went on Fox News for you guys. I went on for you guys. Okay, it's also a little bit for my own morbid curiosity. I just like to see how things are being phrased because I want to like, you know, I can't lobotomize myself. So it's like, let me see what that would actually be like. So I just don't know. Can I ask you, how do y'all's memories work? Do you just not, you just don't remember things that happen? Because I continually feel like to, to be part of what's happening right now with our administration, I am supposed to have serious memory problems. You told me that Apple Care, I was told by Apple Care. No, but seriously, Trump said, I thought the president of Mexico was gonna pay for this. Call me crazy, please. Someone write in and tell me that I'm wrong. Maybe I'm remembering this wrong, but I'm pretty sure you told me the president of Mexico was gonna pay for this. So I don't understand why now you're asking us for a billion dollars. Over a billion, it was like 2.5 billion or something. I don't, I don't understand. I thought the president of Mexico was going to pay us in tequila or something. Like, I don't, why, I, I'm so confused. I don't know, I don't know what you need. So anyway, that, that narrative has all been lost. We've just moved on to the next thing, which is what we got to do. We just keep it moving. And that's the thing. Like, I'm a very analytical person and I dwell on things and I tear them apart and I don't get over lies. Like, lies, I'm just like, but why? But but you know that I already know that you know that you said that I told you that you told me that I told. So then why are you, why are you gonna? So I can't. And that's why we're not even going into any further than that. Next, uh, Trump is a meme already for 2019. He released um, this a sassy, what's a sassy meme? Um, a poster for Elizabeth Warren, who has announced that she's running for president and says uh, one slash 2020 if, uh, which is mocking her DNA test, uh, her shambles DNA test, shambolic DNA test. There's no tact anywhere to be found in any of this. Um, as you, as I've mentioned before, was it the, no, no, not the Daily. This was the Atlantic. So I like the Atlantic podcast a lot. It's very informative. They had an interesting story on why Elizabeth Warren's whole DNA test thing was wrong for a bunch of reasons. I mean, one of them, which I think I didn't know, and I'm not sure if you guys know, that um, the Cherokee Nation left very exquisite records of who was a member and you you can't even like be a member it's not just like a blood thing it also is the fact of being recorded in these annals if you will is part of what makes you a member also so Cherokee is like the one of the most ironic choices for some tribe that we want to make as like mysterious and be like my great 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 grandmother said she was Cherokee like it's the poorest choice with which to make up a family myth 
because there's like it's very easy actually from a historical perspective to look up and see if you actually were a Cherokee and so you know they just they kind of drag there were some they were a lot of First Nation uh, people experts historians activists on that episode and they dragged her for even doing it and then another viewpoint to drag her with is just why give in to him why try to give any validity to something that trump says in that in that fashion like he's a troll you're not gonna and then like when you get back that the result is like one you know 100 girl maybe don't say maybe maybe don't say anything maybe just keep it to yourself but, you know, those are poor decisions. Like, I like Elizabeth Warren a lot. I still feel like we need to have a wild card in there. I, ooh, I'm so uncomfortable that I'm, like, age discriminating. But I just get nervous that, honestly, I'm just nervous now that anyone who seems legitimate is not going to be a choice. So, I think one of these young bloods needs to do it, but like I, I can't really think of who right now. I don't know. I, I kind of feel like a, a Stacey Abrams or even just someone who, you know, who I don't care if they lost the election they were running for. Just go big. Go for the, go for the presidency now. Why not? Just we need someone popular who's a visionary who can like, just kind of be with the opposite of what Trump is, but really not be scared to like, you know, who knows how to use a computer and knows how to tweet and and wouldn't do something like. Well, I'm going to take a blood test and show you that I'm, you know, and give you fodder to make fun of me for. Like, no shade to her, but yeah, that's just how I feel about it. Okay, what's next? Hoteling while black. So it's still happening. Um, people are still getting the police called on them for all kinds of dumb. It's not even, I don't even want to call them dumb things. These are aggressive. To me, these are violent acts. These are aggressive, violent, you know, trying to bring back like the Fugitive Slave Act and, and, and demanding that we show our papers to walk around shit kind of stuff. Um, this is this was in Oregon, which anyone who's surprised, don't be. White listeners who are my friends, and I hope some I hope I might have extended to the people who are not just my friends. If you think that the the West Coast is some bastion of liberalism you need to take a black person with you or just like talk to your friend about what happened to them when they were by themselves because Oregon, even San Francisco, places like that, I'm not surprised at all that this is happening there. I think it was still in like the Oregon like state um, constitution that black people were not allowed to move there. And so that's actually how some of these places ended up, you know, we're just like, oh, wow, there's just so, you know, we act like black people didn't move there because it's like, I don't know cloudy i mean that's not why it's they literally were like blocked from moving there for a period of time but anyway um so with the double tree hotel of all effing places this man this young man had just gone to a travis scott concert came back to the lobby he got a phone call from his mom who was on the east coast and he kind of is implied that he was like expecting some bad news or some kind of family emergency situation so he went, sat in the lobby to take this call. And, you know, he didn't even like bother going to his room, just sat down to call her right back. And a security guard comes up to him and which is, this is on videotape and tells him that he's loitering, um, in the lobby. 
he he tells him he doesn't belong there. He's trying to keep the other guests safe. The the man tells him he is a guest. They call the police anyway. The police escort the man to his room where he gets his stuff to leave. If you sound confused, you should be. You should be confused. Um, my my question is: so the the man sh- the the guest showed him his key card and his room assignment, etc. And the guard is like, well, you didn't say that. You need to leave. What? Okay, two things that annoy me about this. First, the contrite, not contrite, that's not the right word. The like, I don't know, sad and confused, you know, docile, you know, black person appearance on CNN. Don Lemon now is just the wokest of the woke. Uncle Don acts all like, how dare he did it? And then the guest is like, I don't, I don't know why this happened. I, I don't know. I don't want to say that it's because and I'm just like, stop. Why do you have to be, do we really have to do this? Like on top of being blatantly discriminated against for your race, you have to get on TV and be like, I don't know why that happened. I, I can only think. It was because oh, my shirt was polka dot. No, bitch. It's because you're black. It Just say it. It's fine. It's freeing. It's liberating. Like, what the fuck? It's so annoying. I, I, who's the, I'm trying to think who the other person was. Oh, yeah, that guy who got followed to his room. And the, the white woman followed him to his apartment door and tried to like push on his apartment door like after telling him he doesn't he didn't live in the building she followed him to his actual apartment and he got he had some tv appearance but he was also like i don't want to i wish nothing but the best for this lady and i don't just shut up i I just volunteer at a homeless shelter you don't have to do all this pandering i want no more pandering for 2019 and my other thing about these incidents is why what is it about racism that just never backs down like, what if we could all commit to our New Year's resolutions like racists commit to being loud and wrong? The man showed his room key. And in 99% of these incidences, the person who's being told they don't live there, accused of something, blah, 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 they show, like, proof, like, all of the conclusive proof that anyone could ever need that they are supposed to be where they are and it's just like, well, I already started being a dick, so now I gotta finish. Get out, buddy. Like, I don't understand. I Here's my room key. Here's the room. Well, who was the other person that had a... Oh, yeah, like, the girl at Yale, who I had mentioned the other guys. I mentioned this in a past episode, too, that... Um, someone called the, this one lady called the police on her. She fell asleep in a common room. And then the police, they demanded to see her ID, but they needed her to get it from her dorm room. So she has to unlock her door, which she possesses a key to, to then show them. Like, I'm showing you where I live. I, I've given you all this information, but I have to get the extra mile and show you my ID. It's so funny because I'm walking around without a driver's license right now, actually. It was pick uh, when I was in Barcelona in October. I was pickpocketed and my, I had a phone with a phone case and stuff and my license is gone. So I take, I sometimes go places like I tried to buy kombucha at Whole Foods and I couldn't because I couldn't prove I was over 21. <laughs> And I forget, and like it's just kind of interesting because 
You know, you think about people that don't have ID with the voter registration fiascos and voter suppression, and it's like this thing that can sometimes for some people is not easy to get. Like if you don't drive and et cetera, et cetera, then what kind of ID do you have? Like that's it's you know so the assumption that people have a license, things like that. Um, but people act like you're like not you're crazy for like being without it. Like how could you not have it? And it's just kind of funny because I never really thought about it until I didn't have one. And, and the only reason I don't have one yet, by the way, is because I, I have not gone to the DMV yet because I'm lazy and I live in New York. And I do have an old passport that I keep using, which is, is a privilege. But it's really interesting that people just feel like you are supposed to be able to prove where you are at all times. Like our freedom to walk around the world is like in question. So it's 2019, and as usual, your vision board is looking real sparse. Why even bother pledging to finally teach your gerbil colony to dance the Nutcracker? You're never going to finish Act 1. You never do. Not so fast with that negativity, Nancy. Boo Year can help. Boo Year is cutting-edge technology that sucks out your soul and implants it with the soul of someone that actually likes completing things they start, like New Year's resolutions. Sure, you'll lose all of your memory and forget your favorite color and what the taste of love feels like, but you might complete the Whole30 or other arbitrary eating plans we use to measure our self-worth and relevance. Just listen to some of our reviews. For my New Year resolution, I wanted to finish the Game of Thrones. I do not like the action movies, and I do not like the fantasy. I do not like the violence, but everybody else to watch it, so I thought I should finish too. With Boo Year, I got to finish the series, and now I don't remember any of it. Thank you, Boo Year. Boo Year! Bibbidi-bobbidi-boo, bitch! Make your New Year's dreams come true. Okay, I have a fun story that's an example of how not to start your new year. So supermodel Bar Raffaele, who you may know for mostly for dating um, Leonardo DiCaprio, which is how I know her. She is being indicted in Israel for tax evasion and money laundering. Officials say that she claimed to be living in the U.S. with Leo DiCaprio at a time when she was really living in Tel Aviv under a family member's name. So she would say that she didn't have to file taxes in the U.S. because she lived in Israel, and she would say she didn't have to file taxes in the in the Israel because she lived in the U.S. And so, like, this was, like, $6 million in question. And my, my question is, like, why, sis? Why? Why? I often wonder this with the very rich, like, when is enough enough? And I'm not saying that from that, from, from that, like, from some faux, you know, I'm not, like, a I haven't taken a vow of poverty. I, I'm not like monastic. I just, I just, what, what, like what part of you is unsure that $6 million isn't going to cover your Ubers this month? Like when, when do you really, when are you really, like if you were born with that much money, if you were born really, really, really rich, okay, maybe you just have a crazy way of living. But like, I don't know, I can do some math. And there's a point where it becomes hard to waste all all of the money that I've seen some people squander. It's just like, I don't get it. I don't get it. I mean, but anyway, she's lucky that she's not in China. I don't know if you guys remember what happened to Fan Bingbing, one of, who's one of the most famous figures in the world. She's not as famous in the United States, um, but she is just massively famous in China. And sis, sis got disappeared. 
She got disappeared. She was gone for four months. Uh, she was just gone. They there was some there's some sort of thing that they do in the movie industry over there. These contracts, these illicit contracts, where um, one company pays you one sum officially on the books, and then another company pays you off the books. And the government wanted to make an example out of her, and they're also putting caps on the wealth that um, actresses and movie stars and actors too can have. Like they, the government of China actually doesn't want these figures to be put on this pedestal and become idols and it's, it's it's really interesting they are literally like legalistically fighting against um kind of everything that we have in the united states that i love it's so much fun like pop culture and memes and just things taking things being in the consciousness of the people like they don't want any of that except for the government and so they, they're starting to make an example out of people. But, I mean, homegirl was just gone. Like, could you imagine? I, she Then she turned up and she she looked okay. But, like, what? I don't know if it was, like, a nice, like, Martha Stewart jail or where she was. But it's a me- that's a mess. So, everybody, her situation is a little bit different. I mean, and there's a lot of interesting things to read in there. There's even a blogger, kind of like the... Perez Hilton of China like started complaining about her her contract writers and all the things she wanted and China exposing her and he got he was awarded a whistleblower fee so there's just you know they're like giving people awards for routing each other out there and and using these very fascinating tactics to like enforce the way culture moves um so I hope I'm not speaking on something that I don't know enough about but like what I read was like way more interesting than just like greedy actress um gets you know gets her due but like first of all who's due no one's due is to disappear like the point is just that there's more to that story but bar raffaele is very lucky that i hope israel doesn't disappear people i don't really know but pay your taxes y'all just do it just do it there's just do it like pay your taxes you're going to get something back. And if you're rich and not a dummy or hire a lawyer, you can invest in property and find ways to get a lot of tax breaks. So just stop it. Stop the nonsense. Okay, guys. So I would be remiss if not to mention one of the, one of the things that has captured the world, the world's attention right now, which is bird box. This is a very unique title for a movie. So when I was in Mauritius, I would occasionally log on to Facebook and I would see people just talking about Bird Box. I'm so scared, Bird Box. Oh my God, I'm scared, I'm scared, Bird Box. I was like, what the fuck? What in the fuck? Like, I didn't know it was a movie. I didn't know it was on Netflix. Like, I was very confused. But finally... One night when we were tired, we were like, we should just have a movie night. Which is one funny thing about the vacation was we didn't go out one time. Like, we became those people. It's what I complain about when I go to the West Coast. Um, Like, people, like, wake up every, you know, I was like, why do all the clubs close at, like, 2 a.m. when I was in, like, San Francisco and stuff? And, like, then people would wake up at, like, 6 in the morning and be like, let's go hiking. And I'm like, no, no. No, 
So, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm kidding. I mean, I, I'll go hiking, but not like, don't, not that early in the morning. So, yeah, we would like, you know, all day like on a boat, swimming in the sun, whatever, running here, running there, like visiting this. And then at night, you're just tired. So like, let's have a movie night. Let's get some rum and coconut and watch a movie. So I've, I watched Bird Box, um, but first I became aware of this, these memes. Like someone tweeted that Sandra Bullock, or no, that Caitlyn Jenner looks like that lady from Bird Box. Pause. That lady from Bird Box? Have you lost, like, have you lost your mind? This is what I want to ask. How old are people with access to computers? Because they need to be stopped. Like, put some respect on her name. Sandra Bullock, put some respect on her name. She's been in like a thousand movies. Practical Magic, Miss Congeniality. Need I say more? She's a bad bitch. Don't come for Sandra Bullock. Like, that's insane. I was just, I was just like very lost. And I just don't understand why the Ute have computers and allegedly are like the best at computers, but they don't look stuff up. And when I say the youth, I have to assume that these people saying this shit are like 12 or 13 years old. But I myself don't remember a time where I saw someone on TV and I was like, well, they were definitely born yesterday at 7 p.m. and they have no canon of work that extends beyond what I'm seeing right now. It doesn't even stand to reason that a person you're watching on most TV shows, like that are is a lead in something that is their first thing that they've done ever. Like it's actually illogical. So, and you don't have to be like in the industry to think about that. It's just like maybe you do. I don't know how people think this shit happens, but I was lost. Like Sandra Bullock is a goddess. She's just she's just you know she's just one of those people. She has it. You feel like you know her. She's entertaining. She adapted that adorable chocolatey little baby which I was just like low-key like why do celebrities always find the cutest black babies of all times like you got seriously got one with the biggest cheeks um I I just felt like suspicious like how do you only adopt the most attractive children but um whatever like she's and she's adopted another daughter she's she's living her life she's been out here working for years and years like quit playing games Okay, that said, so the movie itself, it was, um, you know, it was entertaining. I mean, Trevante Rose was in it. I had questions. Um, I had questions about how he kept his edges so fresh during the apocalypse. But um, looking at him, that I would watch pretty much him like I don't know like floss so that was a bonus but really let me not get distracted so the movie itself what I can say about it is that it was entertaining um and I liked it it was like a solid like you know if you're having movie night with with people it's like a solid entertaining choice what I don't understand however is how people were saying that they were terrified that I don't understand to the people that saying they were terrified I want to say have you ever seen a movie before or have you, has anything bad ever happened in your life? Like what, I personally, if you think that was really scary, I want to like hide under your bed or something. I just want to do something to make your life a little bit more unpleasant because I don't understand how that was scary. I realize that I'm biased. I'm highly desensitized. I listen to scary movies, to, to scary stories to fall asleep. Like there might be something wrong with me. There, there are lots of things wrong with me. 
that might be something I need to look into further in therapy. But I still just don't understand how you're really scared. Like, the movie is The Happening, M. Night Shyamalan, which is when there's, like, a alien spores go out that make people commit suicide. It's A Quiet Place. It came out last year where you have to be quiet. Oh, is it too late to say they're spoilers? Sorry, these are spoilers. A Quiet Place where... You can't make any noise or this alien force will kill you. So you're walking around, you know, in silence. And then, what's the third one it was? Oh, it, Blindness, um, which is a Jose Saramago book, which was amazing, which was became the movie with Julianne Moore, which is literally like the same kind of thing, like where the stakes are high, but I wouldn't really call it horror. Like, yeah, this was supernatural, so it was trying to be horror, but like... In blindness, it's the same kind of thing. You know, how do you live when you're deprived of your senses? Just the in, in the and with a quiet place too. Like, watching what kind of accommodations people make and and what you do to make up for it, and you know, just things like sewage removal and finding food and cleaning yourself and pooping and like horror came from like the the granular details of day to day life. Like in blindness, all of society suddenly goes blind with no explanation. So I would say that with those three things together, you have you have Bird Box, and it is exciting, but I just wouldn't call it, like, horror. Like, there was a lot of, like, survival stuff, and I would call it more like a kind of, like, adventure suspense movie. Thriller. But to say that you were scared makes me want to take away your computer, basically. And then I'm sad to say that people are now blindfolding themselves, um... So in the movie, <laughs> I'm telling you this last, but I'm jet lag. I'm sorry. In the movie, there's some entity that you never see that if you, if you don't cover your eyes, um, you look at it and you're like suddenly have the urge to kill yourself. So the solution becomes to like you have to have a blindfold on. Although at the end, they suddenly took their blindfolds off because they were with a lot of blind people who could alert them when something was wrong like, when the entities were coming. There was also the issue of, like, why can't the entities go inside of a house, which was never addressed. Like, I didn't understand that. It was like, close the windows, tape up the windows, da-da-da. So, I mean, that's just the way my mind works. I wasn't that scared because when I start thinking of, like, ways out of something or, like, ways it doesn't, like, connect all the way, I'm just, like, not that takes me out of it a little bit. But... In any case, people are blindfolding themselves now and walking around and bumping into things. And Netflix had to release a warning for Dum Dum saying, please don't do this, don't hurt yourself. This, that is akin to the warning that the World Health Organization had to release asking people not to reuse condoms. Both of those are real things and I can't explain it. Don't have an explanation quick break and then we're gonna go to reality tv bibbity bobbity boo bitch so for reality tv this week i know i've been slacking a little bit i'm sorry but i finally got caught up all the way caught up on 90 day fiance um i had time to just with the holiday break and everything and oh there goes the microphone i was just gonna say this sigh okay so it's finally come to a head with Daniel the Jamaican guy and his uh fiance 
I don't remember her name because she's bland. I'm sorry. But I, so they got married in Vegas. So she, they called off their wedding because they were getting death threats on the internet, which I'm not going to really say they're death threats. I'm just going to say like, people say hateful things. And I was kind of laughing at like how shocked she was. She was like, I just didn't know she's white and he's black from Jamaica. And she, she moved him to like Minnesota or Ohio, some, some place where she said he's the only black person around. And she said she didn't, she didn't really realize that it would be like an issue. Insert birds chirping. So anyway, they were getting all kinds of hateful comments on their like Twitters and their Instagram and stuff. And so she suddenly decides to cancel her wedding. This is the third wedding that her bridesmaids have bought dresses for and stuff and prepared to be a part of. I, they, they just kept saying on the like recap, the little like um, sit down portion, hey, you know, we love the dresses. They're so pretty. They're so pretty. We wanted to keep them. I wanted to know if they were mad that their friend made them do that a third time. But anyway... She and Daniel go to Las Vegas to get married, and basically within the same day, I mean the same week, he's caught FaceTiming with a girl he met from Tinder, um, a girl he was talking to on Tinder, and he made the account like right after the wedding and told her it was because he was bored. So I just kept watching her like ask him questions like why he did it, and no offense to like 20-year-old men, but in my head, I kind of like put a screenshot of like a chihuahua. I felt like she was talking to like a chihuahua or like, I just don't know what the point of these questions, like what kind of introspection do you really expect to get from a 20 year old boy? What wisdom do you think you're going to get from a sophomore in college about why his actions were okay or not okay and, and what they mean for the future of your relationship like, she seems very black and white about cheating. It's like almost like cheating is the only thing that she cares about happening to her. She didn't want to get cheated on. But it's like she didn't care that they argued all the time and kind of had, like, no real quality of life or knew much about each other. It just mattered that he didn't cheat on her like the other fiancés did, who she has two kids with, a kid from each, like, marriage that she broke off. However... It's, it's, it's a strange, like, self-fulfilling prophecy because it's the only thing she cared about and then he, like, almost did it, but it not really. But, yeah, he definitely broke, like, yeah, what he did was not right. And then he told her, but he told her it's because he was bored. And she's, like, offended, but not for the right reasons. Just saying things like, what kind of marriage is it going to be if blah, 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 this is what you do when you're bored. Well, maybe he shouldn't be bored because maybe you guys shouldn't be getting married and stop trying to marry children and then everything would be okay. So, I mean, both her and the 31-year-old the guy marrying the 19-year-old girl from Mexico, Fernanda, they make me uncomfortable for, like, similar reasons. It's sort of like they kind of fetishize, they do fetishize their partners. Um, The other dude, I think his name is Josh, has said that, she, described her as a fiery, spicy Latina. Like, please, I'll be damned if my fiancé thinks I'm a flavor of Doritos. That's That's a mess. But then he, they kind of, like, fetishize the maturity of the younger partners who are like non-white and third world like oh they have like all the life experience they need to get married right away because like their tap water isn't great 
No, I think they might have been through some hardships that you didn't have to go through. But they're still like 19 and 20 years old. And they shouldn't have to like, I don't know, like, I just feel like they, I mean, in the case of Fernanda, she actually is more mature than this 30 year old guy. So it's a little different. Like he's a doofus. But I still think there's just something weird about um, taking these like children and thinking they're going to like, I don't know, it just becomes ridiculous watching. She talks, the the one girl, the 30-year-old woman, or 31-year-old, I even think, she talks about the Jamaican guy. Like, he's he's such a ladies' man. He's not a ladies' man. He's 20. Like, he says things like, in the past, I never felt about any girl the way I felt about her. Yeah. Yeah, when would you have time to? Like, it makes no sense. Like, I can't even believe that she is... she. So she says, that she kind of, like, puts herself as this, like dainty, innocent person instead of a worldly, you know, 31 year old mother of two kids that, and then it's all up to this like virile, you know, exotic, womanizing, fertile black man to break her heart. And it's like, no, he's like a kid. He's a fool and you're a fool too. It's just, it's stupid. The final thing that we have to wait to hear hear more about is that Colt, Colty, called the police on Larissa. He called the cops. In This is like peak, like, he brings homegirl from Brazil, and then you're going to threaten her and call the police on her and got her arrested, so then she might be deported and might not be ever granted her visa, even if the charges are dropped, and then you're sad about it. He said, all he said so far, he was talking to his mom, you know, he lives with his mother, recounting this and said, we had a fight and things got heated and you know i i called the police you called what part of your 300 pounds was scared that she was going to do something to you i'm not saying that women don't beat men but when you hear the way it was it was said it basically sounded like he just wielded the cops as a weapon the same as like barbecue becky or any of these other crazy hoes like calling the cops on people of color like i was just like is this this is how can a marriage be built on this? Like, are you serious? But that's the ridiculous thing about reality television. And the fun thing, if I'm gonna be evil, is that, you know, things might be staged or however, like wherever that 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 line between reality and what's produced is. Yo, things end up in the news. People are going to jail, people are up in these courts, people are getting deported like on Real Housewives of New Jersey. So, I mean, I don't know if shit gets real. And there's actually a whole other, like, fourth wall I refuse to break at this moment of, you know, what goes on in the blogs and then, like, following the people individually on their social media. And I just can't get into that. I wouldn't get anything done. That brings us to the close of another episode of Cake and Kombucha. Thank you so much for listening. And I will see you... Uh, virtually with my um, internet audio eyes next week. Cake and Kombucha is recorded in my New York apartment, which has been behaving surprisingly well this week. It is produced by me, Kalechi Aza, and Jason Torres. It features music by Melanie J.B. Charles. If you like what you hear, hit her up on Spotify or go to MelanieJBCharles.com. Let me know.